HodgePodge Podcast. I'm your host as always, Dylan Hodge, but you guys already know that. Thanks for joining me again for another week and another episode here on the show. I am so grateful for each and every one of you, like I say every week, and I'm going to continue to say it because I am, because you guys are the ones that keep me grounded and keep me keep me going and i am forever grateful for for that and for everybody today on the podcast it's another good one and this is probably one of my favorites that i've recorded in a while i know i said that a couple of weeks ago with the steve azar one but this one is something very different this is a different show a different podcast that i have recorded in in in, in a very long while and I've decided to do this episode ad-free um, just because it is so different, it is so unique, and I don't want any interruptions. So we're going to do this ad-free today uh, with Eli Yoder. Eli Yoder is a... I first saw him on TikTok, and he grew up in a very strict Amish community. And at the age of 18, he left and escaped the Amish world. He is talking about the escape, his life in the Amish, and how he's now working to help people in the Amish community leave, and when they leave, to get them a steady home and a steady job. He's doing everything he can to help the Amish community after they leave, and it is a very sad story, but it is also a very inspiring story. And I just hope you guys love this episode as much as I do. And it's, again, it's something different. And that's what I wanted to do this time around with these episodes. Like I said last time, they're different. And they're going to be different because I wanted to go a different route. And so, without further ado... Let's go on with the podcast, ad-free, with Eli Yoder, Escaping the Amish, right here, right now. Thanks for uh, thanks for coming on the podcast. Uh, it means a lot to me. Well, no problem. Thank you very, very much for having me on. So, kind of, not really jumping into it, but I just kind of want to see how I, uh, I, I kind of got connected to you was obviously TikTok. Like, I saw... Yeah. Your stuff on TikTok, and I was like, "Hey, this is kind of interesting." You know, I've always found the Amish very, very interesting. I guess, I guess that's what you could call it. It's interesting because anybody that lives differently than you, you obviously find interesting. And so I saw your videos, and I was like, "Oh, what's this guy's story?" And then I just kept flipping through, and I was like, "Oh, this guy like escaped Amish, in other words." And I was like, "This, this is very, this is very interesting." So uh, I, I'm. I'm I'm excited to have you on, man. I really am. Yes. Hey, I've, I've been on uh, quite a bit of different platforms because of my social media, obviously. But I, I really like to talk about the difference on the communities as well, because the biggest confusion out there today is the Amish. Why there's so many different groups, so many different labels, so many different communities, because there's new order, new, new order, old order, sports and trooper Amish. It can cause a lot of confusion. I'm from one of the most strictest ones. and We had probably more rules than majority of Amish, but I hope people understand as we make awareness as you can't put the Amish on the same boat. You simply just can't. 
Okay. Well, well, we will definitely hit the different types of communities that they're in almost because I, I know just what the media has put out there. Like, I, you know what I mean? Like, I think everybody just knows it. Like, they, they're not allowed to have electricity. They, they live like they did in the 1800s, like that type of simple right. things. I think that's what everybody knows. So I guess just go ahead and kind of before we get into your life in the Amish, before you escape, I want to talk about getting onto TikTok and becoming kind of like the TikTok thing nowadays before then. Yeah. yeah. I, I uh, started TikTok only about a year and a half ago, and a lot of people were talking about it. At first, I was like, no, I'm not. I'm not even getting on that. I heard too much bad about that. I bet you people approached me probably 20 or more times trying to talk me into it. And I said, nah, I'm already on Facebook. I'm on YouTube. I don't need TikTok. And one day I was like, well, I guess I could just, you know, share a little bit of, of how I grew up, up and just kind of maybe a short little clip. I think it was, might have been like a minute and a half long or something like that. And the next day I, you know, I made my account and, and did the video. The next day I logged back in and I'm like, what just happened to that video? Like it blew up. Like, it's people that interested in Amish, and that's when I realized, you know, everybody's seen these TV shows. Everybody has, a, you know, seen, a li like, just the outside looking in part. But the TV shows, I've noticed, you know, they'll do their thing, and they'll, you know, there's their own additives, and there's their things they got to do. But when I pour just from my heart, my personal experience, the rules that we had, people were drawn to it. And now, you know, just a year and a half later, I find myself with 1.4 million followers, and I'm just like, I'm still blown away by that. Yeah. And it's, uh, and I think a lot like for me, like obviously I follow you, but like you pop up a lot. Like when you follow people on TikTok, for those that aren't there, you pop up, those people pop up a lot in, in your for you pages. Like even when, when you're just scrolling. And so one that I saw that absolutely blew up where I was like, wow, th this is nuts was the Amish would, take the flowers off your father's grave and your father obviously committed suicide. So he was kind of, I guess, black, blackballed out, I guess you could call it black sheep out of the Amish community because of the suicide. And so everybody's like wanting to see like, a, cause I'm, I'm the one that goes, Oh man, where's part two, part three. We got to see if he caught him on camera, figure out who it is. <laughs> and so, <laughs> so is there any update towards that, that you, that, that, that you haven't put out there yet? Well, of course, I, I did the. I took the avenue of showing everything what I was doing. If I would have uh, not announced it, it, I believe I would have caught them. Uh, so I'm I'm learning as I go. But here's the thing: they don't want to be on camera and they don't want to be in trouble. They want to be left alone. They want their freedom. Of, they have praise God for you know the Constitution, freedom of religion. Everybody can practice whatever religion and beliefs that they want to practice. But one of their beliefs is not to be on camera. They don't want to be on a picture or a camera. So a lot of friends that follow me obviously have Amish friends out there. They talked about it, so they didn't want to be on camera, so they left it alone. I was just out there right. yesterday, and the longest now they've left the flowers on there. And I'm going to be doing a follow-up TikTok here soon just to let everybody know that they did leave it alone. Uh, they left them there. Uh, they simply told <laughs> a couple of the former Amish that they didn't want to be on camera, and they know Eli's going to turn them in for vandalizing. And, you know, the sheriff's department already told me, we're willing to arrest and hold anybody accountable that is vandalizing your father's grave, because no matter what religion you practice, you are simply not above the law. Right. And so they're kind of like, so, so they basically had in, in words, outsiders telling them, Hey, you better stop because someone's going to turn you, you're going to go to jail pretty much. 
basically, yes, they got their warning, and, and which is good. They know the consequences that they should know before they do a, a commit a crime, that they need to know that it is actually a crime that you could get in trouble for it. So now if they do it, at least they know that it's wrong. Yeah. And so you mentioned you grew up in a in a a more strict community, Amish community than others. And I I heard you were talking on TikTok, as a lot of people have, about, you know, you didn't believe in doctors. You didn't believe in, the, in, in these type of things. So kind of, I guess, start from the beginning, like born in – where were you born at? Like where, where does an Amish – how does how does it being born into the Amish work? Like they don't go to doctors, so how does that work? Because I'm literally yeah. learning this like, like I'm in school. Like I have no clue about any of this. Right, right. Yes. Yeah. The, the very old order. I, that's it's the old order where I'm from is very similar to the Swartzen Trooper. The Swartzen Trooper Amish are known to have the most rules, the strictest rules. And some of their testimonies where they literally admit they didn't even know there were other Amish communities. So that'll kind of show you how the old order operate. The Swartzen Trooper operate is they're so sheltered that they didn't realize that there were other Amish churches and other Amish communities even out there in the world. So now, even though we were old order, I knew there were other Amish, mm -hmm. but we were hardly ever. It wasn't even a church rule not to go to the doctor, but it was a family. It was a normal tradition family that they practiced not to go. All 10 of us siblings were all born at home. There's two sets of twins. I'm a twin. And then my dad actually had a um, midwife come over. They call it a midwife that would come over and assist in uh, delivery. Now, just to give you a little bit of an understanding, the consequences for rejecting all, uh, you know, doctors, modern hospitals, modern technology, and doing everything on your own, out of my, my father's cemetery, where he's buried at, which I've done a lot of videos from, if you go over where everybody's buried at, because they got my dad separately, if you go over where all the other people are buried at, if you look at the headstones, you'll notice more than half of them say stillborn babies on them, their name, and then the parents' name. That is the result of wanting to do everything at home, natural, and they put it in God's hands. And if, if the child doesn't survive, you'll either live or you die. You know, I remember when I was uh, in fifth grade, I fell in the barn. I fell 50 feet. I had some major eternal injuries. All my ribs were, were uh, broken. Mm -hmm. I was bleeding to death, eternal bleeding so severe that I was, I was in a coma for, for a while, almost 24 hours. So when I was coming out of this coma, I realized all the family was gathered. They were saying their goodbyes. My family, my uncles, the bishop, the elders, the whole living room was packed. Now, as I come out of this coma, they didn't know I could hear them. But I was listening to the conversations, and here's what I heard. God, if, if Eli Yoder is going to live, we accept that. We want him to live. But if he dies and you take him home, we accept that too. What I did not hear is maybe we should go get an English driver and take him to the hospital. I didn't hear that. <laughs> That'll just kind of give you an idea of how they think, how the old order, how they're wired. Uh, that's that's how hurt my mom and dad, both of their parents, dealt, dealt with it. And that is how that's the kind of traditional thing. It's not, hey, the church has a rule. You cannot go to the hospital. That's that's not it. If, if the church uh, found out that my parents took me to the hospital, and, and they paid money, you know, to, to do surgery and fix me up and try to save my life. They would not have gotten in trouble for that. It's just a normal Amish thing in my side of the family, on both sides, is you, we just didn't go to the doctor. So that's kind of something that they inherited and something they keep up.
So uh, th- there's there is a movie that I watched that was nominated for the Oscars and it was called Women Talking and it was it, it, if you know what I'm talking I'm pretty sure people have told you about it but there's and I just want to know how the kind of the truthness behind what in what community that is like there was a a higher up in the Amish community that was molesting these females and their rules were we either have to forgive them because if we doesn't if we don't forgive them we're not going to be accepted into heaven and if we run away, then we're not going to be accepted into heaven. So this, like, the the idea is you better forgive them for what they did and go on with your life. Is, is that somewhat like a like like of a true statement of what like an Amish community would do? You hit the nail right on the head. That is exactly how the old order system still operates today, and that is also why I am now part of an organization called Amish Rescue Mission, and that is what we do. We have advocates that even go to court to help victims that do us. Escape. Majority of them are not able to escape because, well, I was sexually or uh, physically abused as a young boy growing up, and I thought it was a great sin to mention what fa- my father did ever again because, you know, I must have done something wrong if I got beaten to the point where I was bleeding. We had to forgive. You've got to forgive people that have done you wrong. I would have also considered it. I was very afraid mm-hmm. of the trouble I would get into if I would have reached out to law enforcement. Those are the worldly people. You know, we were sheltered and believed and taught that law enforcement, the worldly people, they're of the devil. You know, so when you have that system set up, you don't go and report that. So most of the women that we are hearing from now that are trying to get away from the abuse and have the courage to leave the Amish, every single one of them, 100% of them will tell you exactly what you just said. You have to forgive the perpetrator that the abuser that has done that to you. And for example, so recently we had a case out of Wisconsin where we went up there to support the victim. And in court, as the judge was listening to all the testimonies, they heard how the perpetrator got four weeks in the shunning in the Amish. It's a period where the, the Amish church will discipline you for what you've done. It's not okay to sexually abuse your daughter. So he he was in court for that reason. They, they charged him and he was found guilty. Now, What really stood out to the judge was when the church admitted that they gave her, the victim, 15 straight weeks in the shunning period. And the judge asked, well, why did the perpetrator, the abuser, only get four weeks? And they said, well, the church voted to forgive him at four weeks. Well, why not the victim? Well, the victim reached out to the world, the people, and reported it, and that means she didn't forgive. Forgiveness, unforgiveness, when you don't forgive someone, will get you triple the shunning than the abuser that only got four weeks. Yeah. That, that like, blew my mind because, you know, because it's like, man, I, I, like I, I have no words for that because that's, that's crazy that because you reached out and because you don't forgive, you are – gonna get triple what the person that committed the crime is going to do like that that blows my mind so were, were there a lot was was there a lot of that happening in your in your in, in your Amish community was there, was there a lot of that happening that you saw I didn't see it necessarily with my own eyeballs but here's the thing once a person confesses before the church or the bishop or they confess it, you have an option to confess it to the bishop, and then the bishop announces it before the whole congregation. Those are all baptized church members. Before baptism, you can't sit through that confession. All the ones that are young enough that haven't been baptized have to go. I got to speaking with a lot more former Amish after I left. I'm now responsible of helping more than 200 of them leave. 
in the last 24 years. And as those former Amish that were baptized start talking about those confessions they heard, after hearing all of those confessions, I can tell you that it's way more common than what I even thought. And I grew up in it. I left just before baptism. So I was not there to hear these confessions. But the number three, the three topmost confessions that I learned coming out of the old order where I'm from is a bestiality, sexual acts on animals, uh, incest, and physical abuse. So sexual abuse, bestiality, and physical abuse are the three most common confessed sins in the Old Order Amish where I come from. And I would like to say that it's only happening with maybe half of, of, the, of the Amish, but we are realizing it's, it's on the upper of 75 to 80% of them because, and here's why, many generations they have operated and protected what they believe is God's church. Mm-hmm. They will do everything in their power to protect that church. It was handed down from generation to generation. And they really look up to their forefathers, the Anabaptists, where they branched off of, because they were murdered and killed for their beliefs and their rules. And they believe it is an honor to suffer for that. So what I want to most people to under, what I want people to understand out, outside the Amish communities is when you see an Amish individual being charged in court or taken to court and given jail time or community service or whatever have you, that is not actual punishment to them. That is an honor to them because they believe it's an honor to suffer the way their forefathers the Baptists did, and they believe they're being persecuted in court when they get taken to court for that. They believe the Amish church should take care of all crimes, all sexual abuse, bestiality, whatever the, the crime is. You should keep that hidden within the church and forgive the person, move on, because that's God's church. So they're not looking at this. The ones that us former Amish and Amish Rescue Mission is exposing, they don't view that as justice. They don't view that. They just believe that is an attack from the enemy by using the former Amish and the worldly justice system to attack them. So it's an honor for them to go to jail, to do community service. It's not really actually considered a, you know, discipline where they're sorry what happened. They look at it as discipline and they look at it as an honor to suffer for what they believe. So let's just say if someone were to be caught on your camera, going back to, to the, to the, to the jail thing, because I, I'm very curious about how that would work. So let's say the you figure out it's it, it's Jimmy Bob or whoever. They come and get Jimmy Bob. They say, hey, man, you're being arrested for vandalism, et cetera. He would go to a worldly jail. What what does that look like in the Amish's eyes that he went to a worldly jail? Would he be shunned? Would he be how, – how, how would that work? No, he definitely would not be shunned for going to the worldly jail, for Example, my father, he had an alcohol problem, had a huge depression problem. They shunned him for that, but they didn't shun him when he actually got arrested. He did a few times because he got uh, where he passed out and and the horse and buggy was out of control and running through town. And my dad was passed out drunk and had an accident and the sheriff came out and he was arrested. So he went to jail, but he was not punished or given any weeks in the ban in the church for going to a jail. But they came and visited him every week, sometimes daily, and they wanted to visit him because they supported him. Now, when he got home, he was punished for drinking because they obviously knew that he was caught drinking, and that's why the charges were on him. But they charged, they shunned him for the drinking itself because that is going against the Amish rules. But they would never shun him for having landed in jail, but they, they, cause they disagreed with actually putting him in jail because they, every time my dad got caught uh, with physical abuse on us, 
or drinking or breaking any Amish rules, he was always shunned for so many weeks and then forgiven. When every vote was yes in the Amish congregation, then he was released and forgiven. And the greater sin is if you bring that back up. If anybody brings another person's sins back up for what he did in the past, you'll actually get triple. Again, I'll go to the triple. You'll get triple of what that person that got that was in, uh, in the crime, that got caught in the crime. So when, when you go to jail, obviously you're punished by being in a, being in a four by eight cell, however big the cell is. What is the punishment for if you're being punished in the Amish community, like at a church? You mentioned that you would go to three weeks of punishment in the church. What, what does that punishment of church look like? Uh, in the Amish church, when, when somebody gets shunned, during, okay, for the first, for example, the first time my father got uh, two weeks in, in the band for uh, drinking, he got caught. I was very young at that time. And I remember seeing him, him eating separately in the corner of the kitchen at his own little table, his own little chair. And he, he was grabbing everything and preparing it for himself. And I remember at a young age, I asked mom, I said, what's wrong here? What did dad do so wrong? And she says, well, he's in the band. You know, the church said he's got to feel ashamed with what he done. And you can't, I can't take no food off of his hand or give him a plate. He's got to fix his own food. He's got to grab it himself. He can't buy or sell during that week when he's in the band, take money off of other church members. Everybody that was baptized as a church member, you can have, you're isolated from them. You're isolated to yourself to make you feel shameful for what you have done. That is what is called shunning. So you kind of act like they don't exist for that certain period of time, pretty much. Yes, that would be the point is, is you're isolated. You don't exist. We're going to make you feel shameful until you show remorse and have repented from doing that. And do you see that when they're, when they're basically shunning them out, they're ignoring that they exist. Do, do you see, did you see that work a lot of times? Like, like, is the like, what, what, how would that work? Like, are the Amish like, so, for each other, and then once you stop talking to them, they're like they get depressed. How how would that how would that work? Well, for it worked for some. I've seen some of them that got maybe shunned a few times, and you never ever seen them again being in the band, and they were just good devoted uh, Amish people in the church, and it worked for a few. But I know some of them it didn't work at all because I have an uncle that actually became a preacher. And for more than 30 years, he was known to molest his own daughters and he was never held accountable outside the Amish church. But every single time that he was caught red handed by either his wife or somebody else or his brothers in the barn, when he was doing the act, he was reported to the church and the church always voted on his forgiveness after, you know, they added more weeks. The first time he might've got two and then four and then six and then eight, but it never goes more than eight. If he got eight weeks in the shunning for that crime, he confessed it to the church, and then he already knew they'd forgive him. He already knew how the church system works. Heck, he became a preacher, so they took his preaching rights from him during the shunning period. Well, then once they forgave him, so many months went by, boom, he did it again. And you know, by the time he moved out of there, I think he was confessed, the former Amish said he had confessed more than 20 times for the same crime. Now, the reason he moved and took off is because there was enough former Amish starting to talk. And we let the sheriff's department know, and they uh, actually interrogated him for about two hours. And he was able to lie out of it and then took off. He's now in another state. But he knew that there's consequences by law, so he ran from it. But as far as being shunned and it, it, it actually working and being successful, I'd say probably half the time it is successful that people do turn from it. They don't want to look bad before the church and keep confessing to shameful, just rotten, shameful things that they're confessing before the church. So that makes them usually, because you're before the whole congregation. 
And the, the gruesome, shameful thing you just committed, you got to openly confess that. And it's, it's pretty humiliating to have to say that. So it works for most people. But if somebody's really just bent on doing that again and they're addicted to doing it, if it's alcohol, if it's drugs, if it's addicted to sexual immorality or whatever it may be, they can go right back and do it because they understand the church system will forgive them. So let's go back. You were, you were born, obviously you said you were a twin. You were born from a, with the midwife on, on your farm kind of. So I know like back in the day, like people that owned like farms and stuff, they were cotton farms or whatever. They would go, the kids would start at the age of maybe four or five, and then they would keep going up, and then they would get more responsibilities as it went. How was it growing up in the Amish community, as in work-wise? Like, when would you start work? When, like, we're, as soon as you're able to pick up a bucket, were you going to work? How, how did, how, how was that going? As soon as you were strong enough, you were in the workforce. Uh, I know after I've left the Amish, I've learned about the child labor laws and all of that, but that did not apply to the Amish. They. Uh, they release you as soon as you're strong enough. I remember being five years old and already practicing how to milk cows. And I remember how prideful I felt when dad said, hey, uh, as soon as you can successfully milk a cow by yourself, then you're also strong enough to guide a horse and have your own horse and buggy to go on the road by yourself. So at age seven, by age seven, I was in the fields by myself in the middle of nowhere with more than seven horses disking and plowing the fields at a very young age. And when you look back now, that's crazy. Like, I don't think my seven-year-old cousin could, would, would like, <laughs> I mean, I know it's a different time, but it's like they're stuck doing other things. And it's, what, so do Amish know nothing but work? Like, because obviously that's what, it's all you see them do. So like, they're, every time I see them, they're going like, like, we don't have them here, I don't think, but what, I, I go see them like in like Pigeon Forge in Tennessee. There's a lot of those in like that community. And every time you see them, they're going into these little stores, picking up little things and they're heading out, not talking to nobody. If you even tilt your neck at them, like, Hey, how you doing? They don't pay you no mind. They get in their little horse and buggy and they go. So they must be like on the go trying to do stuff all the time. Well, first of all, those Amish, if you see them in a, in a populated place like Gatlinburg, we would consider those the New Order Amish and worldly modernized Amish compared to where we come from because we wouldn't allow to go to places like that. We didn't go on vacation or nothing like that. We couldn't go out and explore the world. Uh, so in an Old Order Amish home, we always started our day at 4.30 in the morning when we heard mom hit the, the bottom of the floor with her broom, and that was the time to go out and start milking. We always milked the cows first. And then you go out and you feed all the other animals and you come back in once the milk was in the cans and in the water tank to be cooled off for the English. We call it, everybody else is referred to as English. That is not Amish, but then the English milkman would come and, and get the milk. Now we go in to have breakfast and that is at the breakfast table. That is when you get your assignment for the day. So all of us boys are gathered around the table eating and dad is saying, well, you go do this and you go do this and you're going to go do this. And, and this one's going to go to the community today and help with a barn raising. And uh, so you always got your assignments. And when you go out to do that, you don't come back up to the house until it's a noon lunchtime. You tie the horses up, give them a little bit of water and some hay. And then you go inside and you eat your lunch. After lunch, you go back out there and you hitch all your horses back up and you go right back in the field. And you continue until about five o'clock because five, five thirty is when you got to milk the cows again. You had to milk them in the morning and milk them in the evening. Now, at a very young age, you 
had a desire and a will to be strong enough to do what your brother did. You know, that that's a big deal because, you know, he's out there doing his thing and you look up to that and you want to be strong enough to do it. So I made sure I was squeezing as hard as I could try to milk that cow because I wanted to prove to dad by age seven, I want my own team of horses and I want to be out there in the field doing what my brother did. And that's exactly what I did because from dark to dark, you're busy work, 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 work. You don't have time for it. Well, we're not allowed to have PV. You have no electricity. You, you just live off the land, live off the grid. And you don't have, you don't need anything else to keep you occupied. A lot of people said, Hey, Eli, what do you guys do when you're bored? Um, we never got bored. <laughs> we, we never got bored. There just wasn't no time to be bored. There's always stuff to do. Like my grandma, you say all the time, you're like, you bored? I can put you to work and make you unbored. Like, <laughs> but, um, so you mentioned that the new worldly people would be the ones in a big populated area. And that's what you would like. They would be the worldly Amish. So when you guys needed things like you, did you ever, you, I, I would assume that like everything you needed was made or grown on, on, on land. Is that right? Like, would you ever have to go to town or for anything? And if so, where would you go to town if going to a big populated area was considered new world, new worldly? Yeah, there were a few items. Uh, this varies from community to community, obviously in the newer order Amish, you'll see them in almost every store. They, they're not really restricted on items as much as what we were. Uh, my dad, he fixed almost all farm machinery by a uh, local non-Amish welder that had a welder in his uh, van. He always showed up with a van and welded. We kept 16th, 17th century equipment working in 1990s. <laughs> I mean, we, we kept on keeping stuff uh, working. It, it didn't matter how old it was. Now, there was new farm equipment we would buy that came from like Holmes County where the more modern worldly Amish. Well, the reason we called them the modern worldly Amish because their beliefs were so much different than ours that we did business with them, but there was no way we'd have any church fellowship with them. So we looked down upon those Amish because we felt like us old order Amish were original and we, we stayed the way we were started by Jacob Amon in the 17th century. So we kind of felt like we were special. And so we did business and bought farm equipment and ingredients for food out of those stores in Holmes County, Ohio, where the other Amish were. But locally, we did go to the local Kmart, Walmart when we needed, uh, you know, flour, spices, sugar, stuff that we needed to make uh, food and bake. My, my mom would do a lot of canning. All of our meat, every year we would can an entire hog, an entire cow, and all of our chickens. And we would do all of that by canning it. So you need salt. You need all of these ingredients. So that's why, why we went to the local stores if we ran out. Usually it comes in in bulk. There's a lot of Amish stores. You can get huge bulk containers or bags of flour, wheat, sugar, whatever you need. Uh, but if you got low, there's not a church rule that says you can't go to the worldly store. But you go there and you get your necessities, what you need for that. You can't go in and buy, you know clothes because all of our clothes were homemade so you're restricted in our old order community what you must buy and if you buy something for example like my dad did when i turned 17 and was allowed to join a youth group he got me too bright of a flashlight we were allowed to have flashlights but it had to be a certain flashlight this particular one when the led lights first came out my mom bought me one and then she got in trouble in the church because i wasn't baptized yet and here i'm flashing this flashlight around in the youth group and it was more brighter than the rest and they said oh that is is too prideful. He's got a brighter LED light, so they banned that. I, I wasn't allowed to have that. It reminds me 
there there are some similarities with with that and Scientology. Like I'm I'm neither nor, but it's like I've studied Scientology because I just enjoy all learning about these different religions, and it's kind of like the same. It's like okay. Like Tom Cruise, for example, he's one of the biggest Scientologists in Hollywood. They're like, you're not allowed to talk to Tom Cruise. Everybody on his team has to be Scientologists. And it's like, if you want to get to him, you have to talk to one that's allowed to talk to a, an outer Scientologist. And then you will delay that message to Tom Cruise through his group of Scientologists to him. Like, it's crazy to think about. But like, so when you would go to the store, Obviously, you don't know about the new the new stuff that they have, like the new toys that are coming up. But when you were younger and you would go to the store, what would be going through your mind, like because you don't know any of this, so like you don't know, you don't need the newest iPod, you don't need the newest uh, Nerf gun or whatever. But so, what's going through your mind when you're seeing all these things? Like, are you like these people are weird? Yeah, it was very overwhelming. I actually got high, high anxiety as a very oh, young kid, yeah. nervousness and anxiety when it was finally my turn. So we, we only went maybe three times the entire year. So we had to take turns to go with mom and dad when they did go to the, the store to get a couple items we were short on. And uh, it was usually on a rainy day when we couldn't work out there and, you know, do a whole lot. We had plans, so we used that rainy day to go. But I just remember at a very young age where mom said, no, 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 don't, don't look down that aisle. Because it was, you know, like worldly toys, Barbie dolls, stuff with eyes. We had homemade dolls, but they're not allowed to have a face or eyes or ears because that isn't considered an idol, a graven image. And those graven images were shunned by my Amish church. So mom would not let me look down some of those aisles. She didn't want me to see some of those things. So we went right to maybe the sugar aisle or, or the aisle where she knew that she uh, would find the item she's looking for. And I wasn't allowed to stray off. I had to stay right by her side and, and uh, be with her and, and not stray off and see other things because, you know, they don't want you to see those uh, clothing styles and all the candy, the stuff that's bad for your body and the pop. You know, I've often shared videos how when I first got my first pop, it was such a, a blessing and, I, and it was just a sweet worldly flavor that I, I got, I went crazy on it for a while. And, and me and my brother shared one, one can of pop we shared between 10 of us and we'd pass it around. And I was just hoping to get back to me because I went up more. So when I was with my mom going through the store and I see that all that pop in the pop aisle, I mean, my eyeballs wanted to pop out of my head. It just looked so delicious. And I wanted I had a huge interest at a very young age because of what I was seeing. You know, the English world, the people, whatever you want to call them, in the stores, I look at their faces, they're laughing, they're happy, they're joyful. And I, I, I longed for that. I wanted to have that because they looked so free. They looked so happy. So by age 12, well, I was already thinking that I was going to leave and I would come up with a plot how to get out of there secretly because my community, while well, we didn't have any room springer running around like you see in the TV shows, they portray all Amish as having a season to run around. We didn't have that because the old order Amish, they don't allow that. And they don't know, even allow you to go date a boy or a girl in an Amish community. That does allow this season of rum, running around, room springing, because they don't want you to be exposed to the world and see the worldly things and go party and get drunk. So that, great, that leads us to a great segue. Like I said, you're 12 years old. You're ready to leave. So, like, before we get there, are there like things like cornstarch pudding or any of those things that you're like, you like you have to have today? Like you're like, I would make that and I would eat it just because you grew up on it so much. Or, or you just kind of like, nah, I'm okay with what we have now. 
Yeah, yeah, we're you're talking about when I was in the Amish. Yeah, we're just okay with what we have now. Yeah, yeah, that was some. I mean, I I was really wanting a lot of that stuff that because when you're not allowed to have something, you want it more. You're you're wondering why can't I not have that? So we we would sometimes be at certain events such as like big weddings are a huge deal in the Amish. So even though we didn't do fellowship with other Amish. Uh, that were more modern we still were invited to some of the weddings and we would go and so when you were at those events and you saw things they were allowed to have that we couldn't have that made me want it even more i'm thinking wait a minute if they're allowed to have it and they say they're also going to heaven why am i not going to heaven and able to please god if i have it you know so at age 12 those things were circling through my mind you know wondering why can i have those things so certain puddings and stuff that you mentioned that my my mom would make that we could eat, but there was worldly pudding, I call it, when I'm in the store and I see how those things, they, they look good. And I wanted to try that. And of course, after I left the Amish, that was my thing that I went after is trying everything that I was not allowed to have when I was still Amish. <laughs> this may be a dumb question, but I'm trying to wrap my head around where you said that you're not allowed to go out and date people out of your community of Amish. So I would think that with your community, you would run out of non-family members to date. Like, and, and I know, bear with me, that sounds that sounds strange, but I feel once it goes year yearly and there would be run into some incest far along down the line. Am I wrong? Or, or is there that many Amish where that was not a possibility? Well, there is some. I'm not going to lie. It, there, there is some, and I didn't realize that it was wrong or even considered incest okay. until – I uh, left. I know some first cousins, second cousins that married one another. Um, we did have several other churches that had the same type of rules and the same ordinance that we had. So we could go date out of those communities. But it was we were very much limited on going like there's 20 minutes from our community. For example, there was a new order Amish that was allowed to have batteries under their buggy seats with really bright lights, almost as bright as a car headlight. They were just decked out with orange triangles. I mean, they had windshields in their buggies with windshield wipers on them. And I, I was so drawn to that community that when I joined the youth group, I men mentioned to my parents that I think I'm going to go date a girl in that community because I would love to live there. And my mom started crying. She says, if you do that, that's basically the same as leaving the Amish. We can't have nothing to do with you because they are of the world. That Amish community is doing things that is of the world because they're so modernized. If you want to come back home and visit, we can't sit at the same table to eat because the church will shun you. If you're baptized and then you go date somebody and get married there, they will shun you. You can't eat in the same church because of their ordinance being so liberal so modern they, they don't have the rules that the amish church originally uh had and that's what we must keep again they want to protect what they started with and so you can see how that was limited i couldn't go date there even though i wanted to so if i would have stayed and got married i would have had to date somebody in those select few communities that had the same ordinance with the same rules so let's go to your 12 13 years old you're like i gotta get out of here what Obviously, you're not telling anybody. You can't because then you're like, they're going to keep you from doing that or they're going to shun you or you're going to get punished, whatever. So what was the first rule of thumb for you when you go, okay, I'm, I'm, I I got to try to leave. So how do you figure out how to leave? Like, were there people before you that escaped? Like, how, how does that happen? Well, I wish there was people before me that escaped okay. that I had contact. But at that time in 1998, I turned 18. I did not have that. But as early as age 16, 
I was trying to figure out ways to do exactly that. I had talked to a few people that were in a pallet shop that was right next to our Amish farm. And the Amish church didn't want us working there because we did a few times. And, and they told my dad we had to be pulled out of there because we are exposed to worldly power tools and air tools and, and being around their lifestyle too much to where we would might be influenced. And of course, the, their nightmare came true because I was influenced by it. And I got to talk to a few people there. But I have to be very careful who I talk to because the one Amish or the one non-Amish man that I talked to uh, was very great friends with other Amish and also my father. And he tattletailed on me. He says, hey, your 16-year-old son Eli uh, approached me and he's wanting to leave the Amish. Well, all that resulted was a spanking that night and a harsh just yelling and screaming in my face. Why would you do that and give yourself over to the world? You know you're going to go to hell if you leave. And Oh, it was chaos. So. I kind of hunkered down at that moment and I was so depressed. And at age 16, I went back into the woods by, by myself for two straight weeks. I mean, I was in a deep in the middle of the woods. I had my rifle and my dog with me and I made it, made a makeshift tent and lived under that and, and hunted off the land, you know, and started me a little fire and I, I had stuff to eat. I had a, a stream next to me to, to drink water from. And I, I was back there alone for two weeks and I knew I was going to get disciplined when I got home for that. And I did. But I was so depressed and so angry for why I was not able to escape to live free that I just went back there. I thought two weeks of peace was better, you know, worth it, even though I'm going to get disciplined when I come back home. So after that, I was close to 17 years old and I started talking to this one individual that I met also at that pallet shop. And he said he promises he's never going to tell my family or any other Amish that I'm having thoughts of leaving when I'm at the legal English age of 18 because, well, we had to be 21 until we could have our own money and be considered an adult. So he told me, you know, at age 18, I can legally pick you up by law. I can give you a home and you can make your own choices, speak for yourself and even get a job down here with the pallet shop with me. And oh, now I'm fired up. I said, I can even have a job and start making my money right here. And he says, yes. And so uh, he, he stuck to his word. He did not tell my parents. He didn't tell no other Amish. And he was the go-to guy. I kept sneaking when I get a chance over and talk with him to make sure he was still on the same page. As soon as I turn 18, I'm gone. Because, I, again, like I mentioned earlier, we did not have that season of running around Rumspringen. So I didn't have that option. So I had to wait till I was 18. Then I got a hold of him. He was waiting at, at, at the end of the driveway to pick me up when I turned 18. And off I went. So you leave at 18. What what are some of the – and I'm pretty sure you get this question a lot, and I'm sorry if you do. Like, What are some of the first scenes that you do? Like, like, Because you don't know how to live in a world that's not Amish. Like, like I see it all the time in like prison movies. Like if they – back in the 40s, if they get out in 1990, they've stayed 50, 60 years in prison. They don't know how to cope with cars that go 120 miles an hour. They don't – you know what I mean? Like they don't know how to – how to focus in that environment. So kind of how did you focus in that environment? What, what, what were some of the first things that you did? Well, it was very overwhelming. Uh, I, I enjoyed my freedom. I, I, I knew I was going to enjoy it, but I didn't realize how fast paced uh, it was overwhelming culture shock. The very first things I did was tell my buddy that I wanted to go get a haircut. And that's what we did. Got me a haircut. And he took me into a Goodwill store and we got some clothing because I was ready to swap out of my Amish clothing and wanted to have some normal clothing. And then, uh, of course, that was a challenge because he was trying to tell me to wear underwear and he's trying to get me to because we didn't, I had no, we didn't have no underwear. 
So he's trying to get me to buy toothpaste. I, we never had any toothpaste or toothbrush in my mouth in my entire life. We didn't have that in our own Amish home. So he's trying to buy me all this stuff and get me going, not realizing, hey, this, this is all new to me. This, I've never done this stuff. And I remember the, in the first week, it had went almost four, four to five days, and he said, uh, you haven't took a shower yet. I told you when you're living here, you got to get a shower. I said, well, I don't know how to operate that thing. So he, he had to show me how that works. And, of course, I sit down in the tub, and he said, hey, you can stand up, let the water run on you. Just stuff like that I had to learn because we had a round tub in the middle of the floor. We had no running water, so mom would warm up the warm water on the stove, mix it with cold water to make it comfortable. And so I'm just sitting in the tub and not realizing I could stand up, let the water run on me, but I didn't know how the knobs work and all of that. He had to show me how to flush a toilet. He had to show me, you know, all of this stuff. And, of course, I learned the hard way on a few things when he tried to show me how to drive a car. I uh, went driving without uh, – <laughs> he wasn't home from work one day, and I went driving with the car, and I wanted to learn, my, you know, on my own. I was really eager to drive, and I hit 120 miles an hour, no, no tags on the car because I had just – he allowed me – he went with me to get a car because I had enough saved up to get my own car. But it's sitting there in his drive when he's telling me, you got to wait till I'm home so I can always go with you and teach you how to drive. Well, I felt like I was in cloud nine. I'm just flying with this car. Because when you're sheltered all of your life and now you feel freedom, it's almost too dangerous to even have freedom too fast because you're going to go crazy. And so I'm just, you know, out there flying, not realizing how dangerous the curves were. And uh, I ended up going around this buggy in the Amish community and I wanted to show them, hey, look, it's Eli Yoder. I'm free. And I realized this one girl uh, that I had a crush on in school was in the buggy with her parents. And I honked the horn. I'm waving at them. And what do I do? I run right off the curb. And I rolled that car numerous times. And it was totaled. And uh, I remember the music that was playing because I, I, we had no music. So everything sounded good to my ears. And I remember I was jamming to this song. And now the crash is over. The windshield's all messed up. And my doors won't open up. The engine is still running and, and the radio's on and it was a Spice Girls song. It said it was singing, tell me what you want, what you really, really want. <laughs> and I'm thinking, I don't really want this. <laughs> so did, and I'm curious now because you've been out of the Amish for 25 years, uh, 98. So in 98, you turned 18. When you took off, is it kind of known when you take off and don't come back that they kind of left the community or is it kind of like, or does somebody try to come find you? How, how does that work that they know you're gone? Yeah. They almost always suspect that you had left the Amish, especially the ones after me, after I left, a lot of them started leaving. And, you know, my cousin David Yoder ended up leaving and I picked him up. Now majority of them always leave behind a note. Uh, that's, that's kind of a normal thing that a lot of them do, even if they're sneaking out and they, they, they want their parents to know, Hey, uh, I'm choosing to leave the Amish. I'm going to be here. Sometimes I'll give them the actual location uh, because I've seen a lot of the Amish pile in buggies and come uh, try to visit with the former Amish that just left to try to reason with them, try to get them to come back. Usually it's a lot of uh, fear they use. Hey, you know, if you're going to live this worldly lifestyle, you can't get into heaven. God's going to be angry at you. You're going to burn in hell and all of that. And I've seen some go back just because it's hard to undo what you were taught, you know, the brainwashing, the manipulation. If that's all you knew from a very young age, it can haunt you. And it's very hard to undo that. So to be quite honest with you, when I left and I chose the worldly life, the free life, in my mind, even though I didn't admit it to anybody, in my mind, I actually thought I chose hell. I thought that if I died living this life, I would actually go to hell. 
because that's what I was taught since a little child and I couldn't undo that. But I was enjoying my freedom to the point where I didn't care. I thought, you know, if I even live a couple years free and still go to hell, it would actually be worth it. I just want you to know my thinking at that age. That's how I thought because I felt free. I, I, was, I, was, I felt peace. I felt joy. I felt like smiling finally. And, you know, I came from a very uh, a physical uh, abuse home that was at a very young age. I feared my father. It was, it was a bruise. It wasn't a fun, fun home to grow up in, but I was enjoying my life and I knew that I was going to hang on to that at all costs. So you, you mentioned earlier that you do a lot of these interviews and obviously you get a lot of questions on TikTok. So two questions here. The first one would be, what is the one question or the one topic that everybody wants to know? They ask it every time you do an interview. Well, there's a lot of those. <laughs> there's a lot of people that have asked about the Amish. Uh, is, is there black Amish? Is there other you know, racist because of recent culture, you know, there's been a lot of races, racism stuff going on and protests going on. So a lot of people usually ask about that if the Amish are racist. Uh, we had a few families that adopted uh, because they couldn't have children. So the church allowed them to adopt from the outside. Uh, but there's, uh, you know, some of the, the, the normal questions of the, the lifestyle, you know, living off the land. A lot of people are interested in off-grid living and how to live off the land. So that's that's a common question. You know, uh, they, we want to know more about how did the Amish survive? How were they self-sufficient and were able to not depend on the government, not depend on the, the stores as much as, as everybody else? So I love asking those questions. And then the taxes, you know, a lot of I see that might be the, the number one. A lot of people ask, why don't the Amish pay taxes? Well, I can't speak for all of them because a lot of the new order, they actually get social security numbers and, and they, they pay taxes because they want their freedom of religion to practice, practice their Amish beliefs. So they pay the taxes. But in the old order where I'm from, we had no government tithe. We were not allowed to have a social security number because the number itself was considered the mark of the beast. So I get those questions a lot as well. You know, hey, how did you guys uh, get by with not paying taxes? Well, it's because Old Order Amish are under a tax exemption code. We had a four-digit code that our Amish church would give to you as soon as you were baptized. Now you belong to their system, and that code is the exemption code that says you don't have to pay no federal tax, no state tax, and, and you can practice your religious beliefs according to that church and that ordinance. For example, right now, in my county in Ohio and several other counties, the Amish are getting by without having to follow the state law that just passed in August 29, 2022, where the state of Ohio passed the law and said all Amish in the state of Ohio have to have a blinker on the back of their buggy upper right corner. They say that goes directly against their beliefs. 90% of the Amish in Ohio complied by that law. But there's a select few old order communities like mine, they will not comply by that law. So under that exemption, they're letting them slide because they say it's a different belief. We will not do that. So we're not going to comply by that law. Ashland County, they're, they're actually taking them to court. They're saying, no, 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 that's, that, that's not going to work no more. We're going to take you to court. You've already had three tickets and they pay their fines and they come back and now they're getting ready to get jail time. I think next week or the week after, they're actually going to put them in jail. You know, that's... Wow. They stick what they believe in, but uh, if some of the, the more common uh, questions that people always ask is about uh, what you've asked earlier, you know, about the hospitals, about the, how you're born, you know, all of those kind of things. It's, there's a lot of common questions that come up all the time. Second part of that question would be, 
doing a lot of these, they ask those similar questions. What are some questions or some topics that nobody ever asks or let you touch on that you're like, man, I wish they would ask me about this because nobody knows how this works. Or I'm thinking about this today. Let, let me talk about this. Well, the, the church system, the church system itself in the old order community, uh, a lot of people did not know at all. From the outside looking in, they had no idea. That's usually the biggest shock to people. You know, what I shared uh, with you earlier about the church system on forgiveness of uh, perpetrators, I think that's probably what blew people's mind more than anything. And usually when I first started, nobody would ask that. Now, since I've been making awareness on it, a lot more people are asking about it uh, because they had no idea that a system would be set up that way. So I get that one now more often, but when I first started, I didn't get it at all. Now there's people also asking about tobacco, you know, drugs. Do Amish have drugs? Do they use drugs? Uh, that was a very rare question at first when I started, but now it's coming up a little bit more because we didn't have tobacco. There are only a select few Amish or Schwarzenegger Amish that use tobacco, and it's got to be a certain color tobacco, certain type uh, that they have to use, but it's very rare to see any Amish smoking. But right off right off the top of my head, I can't think of something that's really rare that nobody's ever asked because being on social media, I think I've just about touched on about every uh, everything that people, and sometimes the things that they ask, recently I was asked on, do Amish have firearms? Do Amish have modern day firearms? And on the TikTok platform, I actually violated their community standards for truthfully answering that person's question. They took it down and did not restore it. I lost that appeal because the Amish do allow firearms. They have modern day firearms. They always have because they live off the land. You know, they, they kill their own meat. They go deer hunting. They're, they kill their own. Every year we did a hog, a cow. We did chickens. We did uh, all these animals we slaughtered. So they've always allowed guns. So that's something that a lot of people actually have been asking quite a bit lately. They, they want to know. And now I'm replying back and saying, hey, I can't truthfully answer that because the TikTok pl platform, if you use the word gun or kill in the same sentence, they you violate their community standards. So kind of as we wind down here, um, we've done almost an hour, and I appreciate every every, every second that we've done here because I've learned a lot. Um, you mentioned earlier that you wanted to talk about the different communities of the Amish. Um, I don't know a question to ask about that, so just kind of take the floor and talk about the different communities of the Amish that you wanted to mention about. Yeah, yeah. There, there's just been, since I've been on social media, and the reason I want to talk about that is because a lot of the ones that leave out of those Amish communities. They will. They also do what I do. They'll get on TikTok and they'll start talking about their life growing up. And I've noticed a whole bunch of them coming up against me and coming up against each other. Hey, that's a lie. That's not true. You see, everybody has their own story. Everybody's got their own testimony. And what stands out to me is the most is the newer order Amish that even allow flip phones. I mean, they're, they're on there. They're on the phone. And just because they were allowed to have it doesn't mean others were not allowed. I mean, phones were forbidden in my community. There's no way you could have a phone. Most Amish don't have phones. And so the new order Amish allow a lot more. And I like to talk about the difference between them. Sure. For example, where my twin brother moved to, they're allowed to have power tools and air tools for construction use for business use only, but you can't use it at home. The older Amish, no, 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 no. That is strictly shunned. So the new order Amish allow a lot of things. You can use it, but you can't own it. That's kind of the mentality they have. Like you can use it for certain things, but if you don't own it, like for the phone, they can go use anybody's phone to make a phone call, but you can't own that phone. You can sit in a car and you can ride in it and hire a driver to take 
take you to places, but you cannot own that car. And so there's a lot of items that work that way for the, for the New Order Amish. But the New Order Amish are now branching off a lot. They're having splits in the church where they branch off. And a lot of them are starting to allow you know, engines. They're allowing solar panels. Northern Indiana, the whole community in Chipshawana seems to have all solar panels now, where they run the wires down and they basically have electricity like everybody else of the world, but it's just not the normal electricity. Mm-hmm. So they're spending a whole lot of money to have solar panels, not to have to have electricity, not to have electricity, <laughs> so to speak, because they're starting to allow that. But the old order Amish really frown on that. They say there's no way those Amish can please God by going the solar panel route or the tractor route. A lot of the new order, order Amish in, in Ohio and Indiana are now using tractors. And my community, they just, the old order do not allow that. So that's why I like to talk about the differences in the new order and the old order, because it can be confusing to people when you look from the outside in and not knowing, hey, Eli, you said you couldn't have a tractor in your community, but why am I seeing a tractor over here? Well, that's because the rules in the church was voted on. And when it's voted on for the majority as yes, we can have a tractor, but no, we can't have a rubber tire. That's why you see someone with a tractor without the rubber tire on them. That church voted that it would still be okay and not too worldly to have that. As long as you draw the line and you have a steel wheel tractor instead of having air in a rubber tire. So that's, that's the difference in the new order and the old order. Well, I wouldn't understand like the rubber, obviously, but like wouldn't the, the newer tractors that they purchase have like new worldly motors and transmissions and those types of things that that would be considered that wouldn't be considered new new worldly like yeah a lot a lot of the new order as long as you change something about that item and make it look a little different you're not all the way of the world so they'll eliminate something to make it look different if it's the tire if it's a deviation in a, in a different way they all have their own thing like in my community i was 2 weeks away from getting baptized before i left the amish and what disqualified me from baptism was i rode a bicycle it was an old rusty bicycle on the English non-Amish you know, tra- tra- trash pile. And I would try to drive that and I got, I got caught with it. I got real good at it. And it didn't even have rubber tires on it because it was junk. The tires were flat. I cut them off with my pocket knife and I'm just driving this bike on the steel wheels. Well, I got caught and, and I got I told I didn't qualify for baptism. But if you look at 99%, I, I'm going to go that high, 99.9% probably of Amish communities, they actually have bicycles. And so they're allowed to have them. They voted in their church ordinance in the rules that it'd be okay. But my group, very old order, they didn't allow it. So some of those that we considered new order, I've noticed on TikTok with some of the other former Amish that are talking about it. When I refer to them as new order, they're, they're coming up against me saying, no, 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 we're old order. So you can also see how some of those that we looked at as new order are also wanting to use the label old order even though they had bikes, even though they had tractors, even though they had a whole bunch of things that we couldn't have, they still wanted to be called old order because they were still more strict than some of the older Amish communities. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. So that's the difference between them. So when you, when last couple of questions here, when you left the Amish, did you kind of like escape religion at all? Like, or, or like how, 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 how does that work now? Like, are you religious now? Or is it kind of like I had enough of it because it was just so strict? So when I first left, I ran from it. I was so bitter, so angry at all religion. And I'll be quite honest with you. I ran from anybody that tried to share the gospel with me. If they tried to say anything about God or Jesus or the Bible, I wanted nothing to do with them because I was, 
I was so free and I, I knew under my mindset at that time, I was convinced that if I lived exactly how I wanted to, I would be happy. I would be at peace. But I always, over a long period of time, became empty again because I, I went into heavy alcoholism myself because uh, my, uh, my father ended up his, ended his life by suicide and they buried him separately. So that really had an effect on me. And, yeah. and I, I, was, I became a heavy alcoholic for a while. And then finally, by 2017, I actually read an English written Bible that I could understand. We were forced to use the 1522 Martin Luther Bible in the Amish and nobody seemed to understand it, but they preached out of it. So in 2017, I actually, for the first time, read an English New Testament Bible. And as I'm reading this Bible, I was blown away about not finding the Amish religion in the Bible because I was taught that's the way to please God. But yet I'm finding verses like Jesus said in John 14, six, I am the way, the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. So I'm not, now I'm like, wait a minute, whoa, whoa, whoa. Now I'm, what, what is this saying here? And then I read how the ordinance was nailed to the cross in Colossians 2.14. Everything I read was contradicting the way I was born and raised and what I was told. So that is when I uh, turned to the Lord. Now, I will say this. You asked me if, if I'm religious at all. No. Religion and they have to be divided. And I didn't realize that until I knew the truth in the Bible. And when I realized the truth, I realized that the religion is what persecuted and crucified Jesus because he didn't do their traditions. He didn't do what they wanted him to do. So if somebody's a Christian, I realize, wait a minute, I can just follow Jesus and believe in my heart that he is Lord, died on the cross and forgive me my sins, and I'm saved. I don't have to go follow a whole bunch of rules and be religious. So <laughs> it's, it's an amazing thing that really set me free when God showed me that. Hey, you don't have to do, 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 do. I've already sent my one and only son as a sacrifice on the cross. You're now free and forgiven. And I don't have to continue working hard or follow rules or be religious to try to please God. So <clears throat> what has been like, like you mentioned that now you help people escape. How, how do I'm pretty sure it would be word of mouth, but how do these people that want to escape their communities find you, find your, find your, 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 your foundation? How, how do they do that? Well, as of today, it's impossible to keep phones out of youngsters' hands. Really? Even in the Amish community? Yes. You know, wow. today's society is completely different than it was just 20 years ago when I left the Amish. When I left, you didn't hear of a cell phone. You didn't hear of a flip phone. And now, as of today, here, here's, here's what I'm going to re refer to to get you all to understand what I mean. America is it's illegal to have fentanyl, heroin, all these illegal drugs. It's illegal, but yet it's here. In the Amish, it's, it's against the church rules and against their ordinance and beliefs to have a phone, but yet it's there. It's just something that uh, one Amish man actually reached out to me and he says, hey, I see the videos. I see what you're doing because I saw the phone that my English driver had and I saw your videos. And he said, I just wanted to reach out to you and let you know that it has gotten impossible to keep the phones out of our hands. So I, I would appreciate if you would not continue to mention that you're willing to help them leave the Amish because it's tearing our culture apart. We know we can't keep the phones out of their hands. And I would just wish you would stop stealing our children, basically the way he worded it. But they all have phones. They see what we're doing. They see us former Amish, uh, how happy we are. We're, we're living free. And by the way, if you watch me on TikTok, I, uh, 
I had a couple of requests from a few of them to smuggle some phones into the community and I put them under bridges and in a, in a pipe and uh, we're still communicating today, but I'm not going to mention their name. I protect them. <laughs> oh, so, so the ones where you put like in a sandwich bag or a Ziploc and you put it under the bridge and they put you like a hundred dollars or whatever. So you still, you're still in contact with those guys or whoever okay. they are. Yes. I'm, I'm, I'm in contact with four out of the five. The, the, the one did stop the, uh, messaging bag and I'm afraid he might have got caught by the elders and they probably smashed the phone or whatever but four out of those are still communicating with me and uh, those ones that we purchased we asked for a hundred dollars each uh, the one that helped me buy some of them it, you know it's, it's they're not free we actually got more money invested in than what we asked for right. now after that we had a whole bunch of phones donated if we get them donated to us we're going to actually give them the okay. phones for free we're not going to charge them any money because i don't want to charge them any money because a lot of the youngsters don't have, have any money to be able to do that if they're not 21 they really don't have money because you're 21 you're considered adult age and you can do construction and then you start making your own money but yeah we've had requests for phones and we've smuggled some of those phones into the community but what we do at amish rescue mission is we have a hotline 800 uh, hotline phone number and we've even put a billboard up in an amish community and that information is on there so there's many different ways where they are able to reach out to us and to us former Amish to be rescued and they'll, they'll secretly plan it or some of them are just you're over over 18 already and they'll say hey I'm gonna leave in broad daylight right in front of the Amish I don't care what they say and they'll just walk right out they're not secretive about it or nothing so it's been very successful and it's all because of technology technology has made it available uh, uh, possible for people to call us and reach out and through the drivers a lot of people don't understand that even if they don't have phones all Amish hire drivers to get them from point A to point B. And these drivers have phones, they're watching us. And then these Amish men that are with them, they see them on there. And then I'm communicating right now with more than a dozen drivers that are communicating to me for the Amish people. And it's an amazing thing to see how many are uh, reaching out because they see what we're doing, they, they love it. And now we have a whole bunch of former Amish construction crews all over the place because they're leaving and they continue doing construction. And then those that leave, they par join part of their team. They're hard workers and they're making a killing out here doing construction because all at once they don't have to do a hand tool anymore. They can use power tools, everything to get the job done fast. Now, if you have a few more minutes, I just got a couple more questions for you, Eli, if you're cool with that. Um, so if you said 18 was the legal Amish age to do like basically do whatever once you were able to leave. So, if your contact, so if a 12 year old or a 13 year old decide they want to leave the Amish, can they do that? Like, how would it work for a younger person to do that, to leave? Great, great question. A lot of people have been asking that. We cannot legally go take them away from their parents as a minor. I have communicated with more of those than the ones I do that are above 18, by the way. There's a lot of those. That one out so bad. Depending on the circumstance and what they're sharing with me, uh, if they're safe, if they're not being abused and they just want to leave, I have to let them know, hey, legally, I can get in trouble. I can go to jail for kidnapping you. You're, you're a minor. So please, you know, keep our phone number. Just uh, communicate with us when you're 18. If they're being abused, you know, that is when we help them report that abuse. Just last week, we had an incident in Wisconsin where uh, we you know, talked to a sheriff's deputy because we had heard about some abuse. The sheriff's deputy actually said, yeah, uh, I have heard about this incident. There's, this girl is showing all kinds of different signs of maybe sexual abuse. And we told the sheriff's deputy, you should go out and ask questions. He goes, okay, I'm going to go out and ask the Amish man the questions. So he did. And the Amish man right on the spot confessed, yes, 
I am sexually abusing my daughter. So it, it's, it's something that I want to educate law enforcement. We actually got one on YouTube that is made for law enforcement. My uh, brother, he's a police officer, and we got together and we put it, put a video together with other former Amish to educate law enforcement on that. But we can never legally take a minor out, but we will report if they're being abused to try to get something done to get them out of there because they got to be rescued from that abusive situation. We can't just, oh, yeah, I'm being raped by my brother or my dad or whatever. We can't just walk away and do nothing and say, oh, you're, you're, you're not an adult. I can't help you. No, we have to report that if they reach out and say this stuff to try to get them removed. And then if they want to stay Amish, we actually have Amish safe houses through Amish Rescue Mission now that work with us because they're from the New Order Amish and they also hate when evil's being done. And they will, they're willing to take these youngsters, if they're a minor, into their homes if they're being abused. Because we don't want people to be forced to live a non-Amish lifestyle if they want to remain Amish. So now I'm so blessed that we have actual Amish people working with us to take these people if they want to remain Amish. We just wanted to get them away from abusive situations. So pretty much if they're 14, 15 years old, you're like, if you're not being abused, if you're not being sexually assaulted, you need to stay in contact with me, let you know how it's going. And when you turn 18, we will come get you pretty much. Basically, yes. But I also always tell them this. If you take it in your own hands to leave and you run away, you know, there's a lot of them that have done that. There's a lot of them that have done that and ran away. Uh, that, that's, that's on you. If somebody comes to me, and, and I'm not responsible of picking them up and helping them escape. And they, they ran away from home and all at once they find me or other former Amish and they want a safe place. I, that, that's fine. They, they, they want to try to get away if it's reported as a missing persons and they get caught. Then they will tell the sheriff's department, law enforcement, that they ran away from home. I was not happy there. And sometimes they need counseling. Sometimes they got to be taken to a counseling facility because they uh, they were troubled at home. They were maybe being uh abuse physically like I was and tried to run away at 16 and it was unsuccessful. <laughs> and so sometimes uh, when they do get caught and the Amish do report them as a missing persons and they get caught, then we have to be honest with them and tell law enforcement, hey, that this person was a minor. I did not go pick them up. I did not illegally take a minor and kidnap them, but they ran away from home and came to me. That way, you know, you're not in trouble and get charged for uh, taking a minor. Well, Eli, look, I appreciate the, the the hour that you gave me. I really am grateful for it. Um, I do love your videos on TikTok. I <laughs> I have a habit of staying up till till late, and and I will scroll and I will watch them because, like those parts one and two and three, they get you. Like I, TikTok users on TikTok have learned how to use that part one. Stick around for part two, and you're like, man, I guess I got to go look at their profile and scroll. Um, so for the hour that you give me, I'm very grateful. Go ahead and put out anything, plug anything that you want to put out there in the world that people can find you, social media, TikTok, those type of things, your your program. Uh, you got all the time that you need. Yes, yeah. Anybody that wants to find me on social media, I'm on all platforms with my name, Eli Yoder, uh, YouTube, Eli Yoder, uh, Facebook, Eli Yoder, and then I got two pages on TikTok. You know, the, the big one is the Yoder Toter 4-0, and I also got Eli, the ex-Amish preacher on there where I teach the Bible. Um, you can also find Amish Rescue Mission online. Our organization is nonprofit 501c3, and you can find us online, www.amishrescuemission.org. And uh, our hotline phone number is 888-621-1985. And we always give that information out. If anybody wants to give that to the Amish that you are affiliated with, maybe you live among them, you can give them that phone number. You can give them our website. 
uh, and allow them to uh, reach out to us if they need help. And then by all means, if you are around any Amish and, and you uh, know of any situations that they need help, you can even call us ourself, yourself without giving them the phone number. You can report it to us uh, because we are here, here to help all of them. And we don't want anybody to be forced to live a lifestyle that they're not happy with because it breaks my heart when we hear of the suicides. There have been a lot of those where they felt like they're going to help if they leave, so they just end suicide. And, and uh, unfortunately, some of those suicides don't get reported to law enforcement, so there's no trace of it, and especially if they don't have a social security number. And if they don't get it reported, they just get buried in the Amish cemetery and it's over. And so I really want to, my, my heart goes out to those. My dad did commit suicide and I want to be able to help those that have no hope and give a voice to those that were silenced. And if they feel like there's no hope out there, I want them to know there is hope out here and we're here to help. Well, Eli, I thank you very much, man.